Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Very good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast, brought to you by We Are Kevin. On today's show, we're going to um, have lots of very different uh, guests on it. We'll hear from uh, Ronan Patterson later on, as he's picked up an, an American football uh, Division One college scholarship. Um, we'll also hear from uh, Eileen Gormley from the Kilishandra Camino. Um, but a great, great initiative over there and how they're getting all the clubs involved around the county. Uh, Paul Fitzpatrick, who loves the Camino. Well, you go to Spain, but you do your own type of Camino. You find the way... Where's this going? You find the way to a handball alley. All right, okay, yeah. Because yeah. Camino roughly translates, as we'll hear later on, as, as the, the way. So you you always find your way to a handball anyway when you're in Spain. I do, yeah. Well, in the Basque country, anyway, definitely. And then I'm going to Valencia in September for a handball tournament as well, which is not in the Basque country, but they're getting big in the handball there as well. So, um, so you'll yeah. find your way. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll do the Camino with me. Yeah, again. Um, with a few talking points, though, we might get into a few yeah. of them uh, before we we hear from our guests. Yeah, well, things are low key, Damien. We usually put out the the shout for talking points and we get dozens coming in people are tuned out of football at the moment I, I was talking to, to a lot of people who were listening to the pod who were coming down on my side which is which I love to hear um, met one man yesterday in Virginia and he was saying just not going to these games just not interested in them this is a fellow who goes to all the games he said I just can't get get motivated to go to these games another fellow texted me he said I heard you chatting about the attendance at the Cavan game I haven't gone to a touching game yet. I'm not sure if I will. It's a Mickey Mouse competition and hard to watch Calvin after Armagh and I love McKenna Cup games. Yeah. Look at again, it's, it is your second tier and unfortunately, I, I do think though that Calvin's performances can impact the crowd. Um, and I do think that the performance against Awfully in in Longford was a good performance that was entertaining. Like I don't think anybody who was at that game came away and said, "You know what? I'm disappointed. I went to that game." No, that's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, everyone coming out of there got their money's worth. No, yeah. no doubt about that. Someone else messaged that this this listener took a really bad after the Armagh game when I, when I wrote a piece saying that so I thought it was <coughs> possibly the beginning of the end mm. rather than the end of the beginning. He took it very bad. I exchanged some messages with him and I said, listen, uh, I just gave my opinion. Like, But anyway, he's come back at me and he says, uh, this is a really good fella and a good listener. I would usually go to most Cavan games, but I haven't gone to any Tatching Cup games this year. And I haven't bought any monthly tickets for the Cavan draw since after the Armagh game. Now, I don't know why he's quite <laughs> got in the draw. He says, the sports editor of the Angle side put me off saying that the future for Cavan was very bleak. I said, you're easy, easily put off. But uh, yeah, th- there you go. You see, there is an influence there, and I and and I, I don't think you realise that you are having an effect on attendances, which, <laughs> Jesus, which are. are you, you, bad. I think you are. I think you are. I think you're having a negative effect on attendances, and 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 I think that if the county board had assassins, you'd be long dead, as you would at this stage. But uh, but look, it's the beauty of sport. It's the honesty that 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 we're allowed to express. But I I do genuinely think. If Cavan put in another performance like they did against Offaly in a quarter final, the semi final will actually be a big occasion. I, I do think 
that it will be a big occasion. The problem with it is a big occasion sees maybe 10,000 Cavan supporters go to it and they're lost in the ocean of, of Crow Park and it doesn't feel like as big an occasion. Mm. But I know the players want to play in Crow Park and, and are enthused by it, so it's kind of one of those trade-offs. But if we're gauging the games by the, the, the hum around the county in the build-up to it, I think there would be a good hum around the county if Cavan can put in a good quarter-final performance again, back-to-back quality uh, performances. Yeah, I, I think so. I do think so. I think it'll pick up. I remember doing a piece one time a few years ago and I ended up abandoning it because I was trying to find was there a correlation between um, championship attendances for Cavan. I was trying to... Cause there were such spikes yeah. you, you don't know really what they're going to be and you could look back and go jeez four years ago there was 22,000 out of those semi-final and then you know yesterday there was only 5,000 out of those to the quarter-final and I'm trying to find what the the uh, common denominators were I found it very hard and I ended up giving up on it because it, it seemed to be really when Cavan were going well uh, this, definitely the, the support was mobilised and an attractive fixture brought them out as well like there were games which back then maybe a force round against Fermanagh or whatever it was or Antrim or teams that weren't going particularly well and Cavan people didn't come out for them yeah so look we've talked about this before it's a societal thing as well like it's a very competitive environment now or it's a very competitive um, marketplace as it was the whole sport sport and entertainment and you know it's all pervading in terms of other sports it's not a thing that like it was back in the day where if you weren't sitting there at your TV at three o'clock on Saturday, you didn't get to see the, the soccer, or maybe get to see a match of the day. Mm. Now, now you're, you get all you want, and it's on your phone as well, and, and so on. But here, here's a talking point that has just come to me, uh, based on the first one that was sent in was Kante to Saudi, to Saudi Arabia. Kante is your man that played with Leicester, I think. Did he? My soccer knowledge is horrendous. That, that that one is lost on both of us. My soccer knowledge up to about nineteen ninety eight is exemplary. When okay. I followed it as a young lad, right, and since that it's, it's shocking. Um, but that got me thinking about the Saudis. Oh, lovely! And I love where this is going already. I don't know. Are you, are you across this story, Damien, about the golf? Uh, vaguely, I understand what's happening. I think, but it's basically a hostile takeover. So what they've done is the Saudis have endless money, like the, mm. this, the PIF, the Public Investment Fund, the five hundred eighty billion in that, and like they've got trillions they've got endless money and they want to spend it on something and they're the crown prince or whatever whoever he is I can't think of his name but he I saw him described as some sort of megalomaniac and he, he wants to be loved and he wants to uh, sort of change how the Saudis are, are perceived. perceived around the world mm. so that's, that's what they're calling sports washing obviously yeah. you're, you're putting the money yeah. into that end of it and what they did was they set up live golf uh, and they enticed some of the golfers away with eye water and sums of money and uh, you had the likes of Rory and Tiger and people like that coming out and you know defending the values of the PGA Tour and so on now mm-hmm. bear in mind that this is Rory who's worth 230 million according to Sunday Times Rich List so it's a privileged position to be in to mm. be able to say I'm, I'm going to turn down this paycheck not that any of the rest of them were paupers but uh, anyway it got to the stage where there was a lot of litigation going on PGA Tour financially seemed to be backed into a corner. That seems to be the, the, the story behind this. Okay. And they really everyone was coming out against the commissioner, Jay Monahan, and saying that uh, you know he sold out and all this sort of stuff. I think he, he probably was financially backed into a corner and they might have been going to take more players and maybe this is where it was always heading. Anyway, uh, it caught everyone by surprise, it seems, and now the Saudis are gonna ha- basically have a big stake uh, mm. In this, it's essentially a merger. Even though there's conflict and reports coming out, the Live Golf might keep going itself, but it's essentially a merger, and uh, it's the PIF that's putting the money into it. And a few lads have sort of seemed to have changed their tune on it as well. But now that the money's coming, like Rory said, uh, the, the quote I thought found it absolutely hilarious. It was something along the lines of, you know, kind of I've I've come to terms. They want to put a lot of money into golf, and I've come to terms with it now. Oh, good for you, Rory. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they'd come and put money into local newspapers or something. But anyway, that got me thinking about the GA because they're saying like this is only the start. They they've run a Saudi a Saudi Grand Prix and they've they've you know, mm. 
invested in some soccer clubs and all that, but they're they're not coming in here for for a piecemeal job. Like they're coming in and they want to take over a lot of sports. So they've essentially taken over golf now, and that's a, that's an entire sport essentially because yeah. they've brought in the European Tour, now called the DP World Tour, into that. They haven't taken over the the female end of it for some reason, but <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. I don't know what the reason is. I just wonder. Well, did maybe it's their attitude to women. Yeah, I just wonder. Is it? Yeah, it could I don't be. Know. Like I think they're only recently allowed to drive over there. Um, but anyway, uh, which might be a bad thing. That could be but dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> if they're only learning how to drive, it could be trouble. Joking um, aside, so yeah, my question is, could they ever take over GEA? No. Why? Because the the GEA is owned by communities. So each grounds, each GA club, each it's all. So was the, the PGA was like the GA essentially operates. I think like a like a big multinational charity at the top end, and like you've, you've essentially got sort of got donations, and you've got a fundraising element at the lowest <coughs> tier of the pyramid. Yeah. <coughs> but as it goes up the top, like they obviously have big corporate um, tie-ins and so on and sponsorship and all that, which you would see in the big charities or whatever. So, mm-hmm. so they're sort of that way based it's almost a philanthropic thing but then it becomes big business at the top end of it but if they decided right, we've, we've wrapped up soccer we've wrapped up rugby whatever else I'm talking years down the line and they go to the, to the next tier or a couple of tiers there could they look at, at GA and say right we're just going to set up a league here I'm going to set up like, bear in mind the money is endless yeah. like, literally, there literally is no end to the money that they can spend on this so what are you saying they buy they basically put 20 stadium around the country and say, well, we're going to create, or 10 stadiums around the country, we're going to create 10 teams and play them in a Gaelic football league and they're professional. Something like that. I don't think they'd have to build a stadium. I think they'd end up, they'd buy uh, use of a stadium or something, Tala Stadium or somewhere. And they, Too small. They're not, but they're not overly concerned about the product because Live Golf itself everyone was giving out about it it wasn't a great product yeah. itself but it was more the way they got in now they've got the product they want which is the PGA Tour so like what Gaelic player is going to turn down big money to play Gaelic not too many of young lads anyway. some lads maybe in later stages of their career financially comfortable or whatever or doesn't suit them families and everything else but any young fella who breaking into the county football is he going to turn down a big wage if it, if it comes to it I'm ta- I, I don't think it's going to happen I'm just throwing it out there <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's going to happen. Like, I think it's actually more realistic that they, they, they bring over a hundred and twenty players to Saudi Arabia and build a stadium over there, and then just stream it back to here or something like it. Mm. I just yeah, don't. Yeah. I don't think that that's something. Where's the upside for them? Like, do they really care about the the public, the Irish perception of Saudi? Whereas you know what they are taking over are global products. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah so true. Yeah, true. I don't. I, I don't. I don't imagine it, it. It coming down to it. But what? You know, I'd be but more, it could. I'd be more worried about like you know, you know, some some. Will 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 J P McManus, or, you know, decide to take over GA or or, or somebody that actually may have an idea that you know what this product actually is, is profitable. J P McManus obviously has shown that he doesn't care about the advertising and what he's done with, yeah. with Limerick and, and he doesn't care about that end of it. He, he is into the community part of it. But like there is a business model within the country, but is it big enough? Well, here's the, here's the next question as well. If, if in a totally hypothetical world, um, yes. the Saudis come in <laughs> and did this and you're talking about the product, the first thing they'd do would be change the rules. Yes. Yeah, Which yeah, makes yeah. us think that we probably should be changing our rules. Like, I can't oh, see we are. We are. Yeah. We're changing them, whether we're changing we're the right them, ones, yeah. we're trialing them. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. I think, in fairness, I, I, I do think on that end, they're, they're, they're trying things and, and they have tried things. Like, it's not that long that the attacking mark was brought in and, and the idea being that it might stop blanket defences. And, and whether it is it or it's the coaching, blanket defences aren't as as potent as they used to be, you know? So I think yeah. that's a. That you know, I don't think we're too bad as a game overall. I think we're in good shape, and I, I think that the the changes come through coaching and through through 
the, the governance and we're getting a fair bit of boat I think I think it needs to move fast or maybe they're not uh, getting that message out quickly enough because look it's knee jerk stuff too but people mm. go mad when, when there's a bad game it's the worst it's the worst game in the world I think I said in the pod after one of the games like football's a great game and that's why we we're talking about it for hours every week it yeah, is a yeah. great game it is it's, it's so entertaining to watch and yet it has that balance of it being doable you know it's, it's, it's not so difficult that the, that the average Joe can't pick it up and be relatively proficient in it within a, a a period of time whereas I think probably hurling is that bit more difficult so therefore people you know your average Joe has to spend more time trying to get good at it so I think that that has an impact on it but well if we're going by games that are easy to play like there should be a rugby club at every crossroads because in my opinion like rugby is one of the easier games but this not going to be I do think it's one of, out of those games you've named like, and, and it, I put it like this right you put a Gaelic player into a rugby team, I think they'll adapt. Yeah. It was a fellow who played rugby that pointed this out to me one time. And, and he said, rugby lads can only play rugby. <laughs> so that was his theory. And he was he was a rugby player. Now, obviously, some of those lads, that's not true. Like You've got that brilliant horror, Ben O'Connor, who's gone to, from Cork under 20, so he's gone to Munster now. There's loads of that. Yeah. But you take a lad who's never played anything, only rugby, and uh, hand, him, hand him a Horley or... or uh, or ask him to play Gaelic I think he'd struggle we have seen it haven't we what was his name from Fermanagh the cornerback before lockdown he had played no Gaelic football that's he's true rugby what's his name yeah you're right uh, Jesus solicitor or, so, or he's, is he, he played, you're right he played cornerback for Fermanagh yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he's a fellow coming from a Protestant background yeah with no, no uh, Gaelic in his family that's yeah. right I forgot about him so so maybe maybe Maybe, Maybe that's it. the exception that proves the rule. But cornerbacks, in my opinion, are, are a different breed, anyway. But, uh, <laughs> They're as bad as rugby players. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of the things um, you see in rugby, like, you see the, the commentators ooh and that about, oh, look, he took that one off his bootlaces. You see one of 12 players in football doing that, bending over, flicking the ball up. You know, it's no big deal to, be, to take the ball off your bootlaces when you're running, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of, speaking of exceptionally talented people, Ronan Patterson getting that uh, Division 1 scholarship or is there more talk about it? Sorry, 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 yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to Ronan I was thinking myself this is a lovely little segment yeah it was more talking points. this is it. one of those pods then where we're already making up as we go along because it's a quiet <laughs> week maybe we've got into too easy of a pattern of talking about games that went by against and, you, and you know what though that was that's what we all want lots of games both club and county come and take coming fast we can't have enough fun can you get too many games no no Jesus Christ no I, I think at the minute we might have too many games I think the, the game might you're be telling me this saturated. in the week where you literally are going to struggle to fill your pages <laughs> in the Anglo set oh yeah no not from a media point of view no, no. but from a from a fan's point of view uh, I think you, I think you can get too many games I don't think so I think I think that there are factors that will dictate whether they are there, there's too many in terms of like what else is going on in their life and have they time to go to all the games do, is there a cost element to it but if if there was a game once a week with Calvin playing and it was in Kingspan Breffney and it was a fiver in I don't think that that you know I think people would take that all year long and you'd have you'd have great crowds at it personally I, I don't know I don't know would you I, I honestly don't I, I think baseball are suffering a bit from this as well, from what I've heard. That yeah, our attendance is yeah. It's like it's like competition fatigue, but uh, yeah, I think I think that might be another factor. Maybe it's going to take adjusting to it as well. But the media have a big role to play in the GA, not as big as we as we like to think, but it is a big role. And I was thinking about handball and how like handball. No way, you were thinking about handball. <laughs> wow, handball's been allowed to drift to an extent, and like. There are rule changes needed in handball, but particularly in 60 by 30 handball, where the game has, so very briefly, the game started in the old outdoor courts like you see in Tully Bain or whatever, or there was loads of them around the country. Mm. And because there was, the sidewalls only went up so high, there was only a particular type of serve that you could do. But since the game went indoors, what's called a lob serve has been developed, which is a high, slow, difficult serve, difficult to return, and it's left that the game is has an awful lot of focus on serving and it's boring it's a slow serve it's not the old 
underhand, which was uh, um, sort of a really exciting, fast, low, hard, speedy game. Okay. That rule should have been changed years ago. It wasn't changed in handball, probably through weakness of administration, down through the, not just the years, down through the decades. And I was thinking, if we had, if handball um, was more popular and the media were taking an interest in it, the media would have brought pressure, pressure to bear there. They would be reflecting what the grassroots were saying. Or, yeah. or not just that, they would have actually been thinking about things that sometimes the grassroots haven't thought of. Because, yeah. fairness, you're getting paid to do it and sit around and think about yeah. stuff. So handball's missing out on that, whereas the, the media in, in football in Ireland sometimes are, are the drivers for change. So what I was getting at there is not alone do the media have that role to play, but if there was no media, it probably wouldn't be as attractive to, to play the sport yeah. compared to other sports so and that's something that handball suffers with as well because it's more attractive to play county football because you have big crowds there for one thing uh, for young young fellas I'm fairly cognizant of that um, lads are generally going to take football or hurling over, over handball mm. you have a chance of playing in front of 80,000 people and you know you have an element of celebrity in your local area and people want that's the human condition people want to be seen to be good at things and, yeah. and earn respect and popularity among the peers so what does it say about the games that the coverage has has shrunk so much because there's so many games like I, I, so, I look closely at the, <coughs> the times of the end on a Monday and I know this is this is traditional media but games are getting if they're, they're getting barely mentioned a lot of these games and these mm. are are we to say these are intercounty championship games these Thatcher Cup games because they are yeah, but they're not. Yeah, but they don't come with the trappings of it. No, 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 so, no. Nobody can make the argument. My that's not an ideal situation, David. Well, you're right. It's well. What's the alternative to it? As in, so let's say we don't have a second tier, then they're getting no coverage because they're not in the competition. They're well, done. The I year think, is done. I think maybe if it was spaced out a little bit more. I think it's too condensed at the moment. I definitely understand the reasons for it, but I think it's a little bit too condensed at the moment. We're trying to, like, we shorten the season and increase the number of games, and it's left it very packed. Is how much of a, how much of a role in this is the, the national, or the Crow Park, and how much of a role is the local in terms of the Anglo Celt and Northern Sound and, and and the local media generally dictate the conversation around Cavan. And therefore the more information we have and more access we have to players, that's going to help the the, the conversation starters. I I do think that the, the GA and management in general have to are going to have to take more of a relaxed approach with the media if they want to make the product more attractive. If they want to make players, you know, want to play it more than just the lifestyle of being extremely healthy and fit and strong and, 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 and you know, sometimes playing in front of a, a big crowd. If they really want to promote the, the, the beauty of what we grew up watching and, and, and players of that time where you know most of the championship games had 20,000 people at them if we really want to create that again I think the local media is the is the key in each of those personally and with that local media is is, is getting the opportunity to find the personalities in the player like I don't know did you watch Ted Lasso no Ted Lasso it's, it's a great series it's very very funny but it's about an American guy who takes over a soccer team in, in, in England. Anyway, he gets the team up to the Premier League and his former assistant is now the manager of West Ham and he's slating him in the opening season uh, press conference. And Lasso then, in response, has been asked, oh, what do you think of the slating? And he kind of plays the nice guy and then he goes, you know... But he missed the low-hanging fruit. Like he, you know, I'm American. For God's sake, what do I know about football? He didn't tackle me on that. And so there's a, there's a, a an openness and a friendliness and a, and a funniness around the whole thing. And I'm thinking, is there anybody in the GA that's even close to that at the moment? That that when they're in a post-match interview, 
they're going, geez, I'm sweating after that. That was an awful bit of crack, you know, or, or whatever. We're just, just letting their own personality come out yeah. a little bit. Yeah. We don't see enough of that. We don't see enough of that, that's <clears> true. <throat> I think there's loads of great characters there. So we, we know someone on the cabin team, but yeah. They're, 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 yeah, they're very aware of letting their guard down. And there's no reason to be, because the GA media, in fairness, are friendly. Well, they're, I think people are, everything, everything is sort of coming from soccer. People are comparing everything to soccer. We're mm. just a few years behind soccer and everything. Like now you're seeing um, county boards running their own little, you know, Dubs TV or whatever, where they interview um, yeah. the manager, whatever, Desi, Desi Farrell. And like, it looks like journalism and it, and it tastes like journalism, but it's not. It's mm. PR, like. Yeah. So there's there's that too, and, and I suppose the general, the it's a different discussion, but the general um, lack of resources in local media compared to what what the would would have been at one time is probably a factor as well. But yeah, I definitely think there should be more more um, engagement. In fairness, Kevin is a hundred percent. Like if we put in a request, it rarely gets torn down. Mm. But like James Horan essentially stopped talking to the local papers completely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's not that's not yeah. right, and that's a big county. Who are football mad and have lots of local papers there, um, and local radio stations. And Cavan, we only have one. Like the Celtic is going well, and people sometimes say to me, "Jesus, what are the Celtic doing?" And I said, "We just don't have. Let's be honest, we don't have competition, and we're based in the centre of the county, in the county town. Uh, if you look at Roscommon, like where there be a couple of papers, one might be based in the north of the county, one might be in the south of the county. You've yeah. got competition. You've got people who generally flock to the, towards their local towns, which automatically kind of shrinks everything." We don't have that in 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 Cavan. Like in Donegal, it's full of full of local media. It's yeah. Mad. Like so. Yeah, it's a separate conversation. So anyway, on to the, the other talking points with fights release. Would we have been any better than Westmead so far in the All Ireland series? The, their results are what they they drew with Armagh, and they lost by eight points to Galway. Or did they lose by a point? Or sorry, they lost by a point to Armagh. Lost by eight points to Galway. To Galway, but they were competitive against Galway up until. I think maybe 15 minutes to go or so. Would we have been any better? If, if you asked me this question before the Armagh game, I'd have said yes, definitely. Hmm. But I can't say it now. No. Can we make the case that we would have beaten either Armagh or Galway? It's hard to make it. I, I could make the case that we, we could have beaten Armagh. I'd, I still think that that Armagh performance by Cavan was one of the worst of the year, if not the worst of the year. You know, it, it, it was very poor. And yet weren't a million miles off them and that's where in my head I keep spinning it around that we're not a million miles off the the best in the province how good the best in the province are I don't think we're at, we're at Galway's level I think Galway beat us by something around that scoreline like I, I do think so but Armagh I think I think We'd have had the bit between our teeth after that performance in Kingspan Breffney and, and, and been out to, to rectify it. Well, I would love to see Calvin play Armagh again. Yeah. Just, yeah. just out of curiosity more than anything. But I wouldn't be going into it with, with any major confidence because my, my confidence is totally rattled after that Armagh game. I was so confident that Calvin would do them that day. Mm. Um, Lavi on the 20 showing their potential. Yeah, I was up at that game. Good game. That was a really good final between them and Cuthill. Um Very, very entertaining. Um, I thought Oren Daly and, and James McBreen were very really good. I was ask you. I was surprised to see those two lads were on their edge. Oren is another year. Yeah. James has this is his last year. That's two. That's two lads who were very good in the senior championship last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ronan King had a very good game on, on the forty, and then a young lad who's in corner forward called James Shorten impressed me. Um, all on the Lavi side. On the Coothill side, there's lots of talent there. Rian Delaney, I like liked him. Now I thought he was playing really, really well. Uh, ben McGahan done well. Jake White hit a few real good scores. So he's a minor. Uh, he's a minor. Yeah, I think Young Shorten is a minor as well from from um, from Lavi. So it was a cracking game, and and the scoreline looks like Lavi won it comfortably. They didn't. It, it was goals in the last few minutes. Uh, felt real sorry for the Coothill goalkeeper. They were obviously trying to get the kickouts away really quick, and he got caught out on a couple of them that that led to Lavi goals. But um, I think we're we're coming towards the end of the All County League, and we should keep we should keep a counter on it now. We go into the club championship. 
Short kick hurts are great, but there are they, they do cost an awful lot of goals over mm. the course of a season. The amount of times you see keepers getting caught out, particularly at club level. Yeah, yeah, you really know. do. It's a massive, it's a massive thing to be watching out for. But um, and it'll be just interest, interesting to see how many club teams now adopt different kickout strategies because you can see them in the inter-county game. So many variations, like more often than not, I think the teams that Cavan have come up against this year uh, retreat, set you know, give Cavan the kick out inside the forty-five meter line. So this idea that that okay, well we'll give them the kick out. A lot of club teams will do it, but the key part of giving them that kick out and stepping to the 45 meter line is that you make from the 45 meter line back to your own goals hell on earth. And a lot of teams are forgetting to do that. It's like, oh, we'll give you the kick out. Oh, yeah, oh, well, you can go on past this as well, which is counterproductive to yeah. it. So it'll be interesting to see how many club teams are adopting all these, these kick out strategies. Hope you're now, David. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. Sickens me to see teams in the All Ireland series that we would beat most days of the week. I, I Such as I can't agree with that. The only two teams that I would fancy us to beat most times would be Sligo and Westmead. I know Westmead beat us in the touch final, but I think Cavan mm. would beat Westmead. Clare used to be in that bracket, but I don't. I don't think we could put them in that bracket. Like, would we be confident going in against Clare at the minute? Or loud. No, and like we would have seen ourselves definitely ahead of those two, even though to be fair, they declared beat Cavan essentially, the, essentially yeah. declared a relegated, relegated yeah. in 2020 because that was yeah. played on the 1st of March 2020 and it was the last game before Covid. And if we'd have won that, you'd have been promoted. Well, you'd have gone to you'd have gone to eight points, sorry, uh, yeah, and Armagh went up on nine that year, yeah, with two games to go, so yeah, um. Haven't played Laird. No, we beat Laird a couple of times. Sorry, right, didn't leave with them. They're a different outfit now. Um, here's a great t- talking point. Three sentences, all of them totally sensible, which is basically the opposite of our podcast. <laughs> Not a huge crowd. Work rate was excellent. Need to work on defending high ball in. Can't argue with that. That just sums it up last Saturday. Here's the best talking point we've ever received. Paul is right on every aspect. <laughs> Love it. The format is pure shite and no one even talking about the games. I don't agree with the format is pure shite. I, nobody's even talking about the games yet. I can't argue with it. But the format is pure shite if you're looking at it to say, well, I want exciting stuff now. And I, I, whereas what I really want to see is, is, is everybody getting closer to an even number of games to try and help the weaker counties to develop. It, it be one of the contributing factors to improving the the over or closing the gap maybe. So I don't agree with the format being shite. Um I do think possibly there is that need for the, the third tier in it, but um yeah, look at and I'm 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 hopeful that I'm hopeful that Cavan get down in the quarter final. I want to get down in Kingspan briefly in the quarter final. It's the time to get them to be fair. Like, yeah. as well. like, it is the time to get down. Yeah. It's the only chance you're going to have to, to get home advantage. Um, here's one. You were saying the team wasn't announced. It was up on Scorpio app on Friday, subs and all. We missed that. We did miss that. I wonder how did they get it? Don't know well, it definitely wasn't released by Cavan no. County Board. No. Uh, any word on Niall's injury? That's Niall Carlin, I presume. Heard nothing, no. Yeah, went off injured. Hopefully he's going to be fit. Again, that's feeding into my point. I'm going to watch this very closely when it comes to club championship and see how many county players have picked up injuries from all these games. Uh, Talchon quarter-final draw should have been done to allow first team to prep over gap. I agree. I completely agree. That's a great point. I I think the, the fairest thing to do there was to... Now, it would have been difficult because there are scenarios Cavan can't get a team that's played already in the in the group stage, so that rules out certain draws. So it mightn't have been possible. Um, I'm just trying to think of the draw itself, who it ended up with. But if it was possible, I think it would have been better um, to do that because Cavan now, Mickey Graham has to try to keep an eye on all. And then... The, the backroom team have to scramble on Sunday, get the video of the, the quarterfinal that they have and get the analysis done before 
a team meeting probably takes place on a Monday night, so it, it puts pressure on the management teams. The only thing is, if you were to do it that way, you'd only have to draw one quarter final, um, because it, and the rest would be automatic. This was pointed out to me. Okay. Because each group winner could only draw the winners of two of the four preliminary games. Say that again. Each group winner could only draw the winners of two of the preliminaries. Oh right. Okay. So okay. Uh, once one was done, the other four would automatically follow. That was that was what Kevin Egan said to me. I find so hold on a second. I find it a little bit complicated. So is that not already the case then? So do we not know who we're going to play? Or is was that first draw that there was multiple options on it, and then that co- consequently led to the other three draws? So yeah, essentially, yeah, I think that's okay. the, the lie to land with it. Um, okay, where are we now? With the points? We're coming to the end of the talking points, actually. Maybe glad to know. No bother. Um, Pity Cavan quarterfinal wasn't double header with Dublin Sligo or Westmead to run. Yeah. Are they on this weekend? They are on this weekend. Aren't they? Yeah. And they're in Kingsman Breffney? Yeah, Sunday. Right. Uh, another one in... They didn't hit 225, because I was saying I don't think Cavan have hit 225 before, but they did hit 320 against Waterford last year. Okay. So, he says that's Im- that's improvement. That's improvement. Yeah. And I do think that awfully are better side than... Yeah. God forgive me for saying it, but for Waterford. But Waterford in a round seven National League dead rubber in Breffney is about as low key as it gets. Yeah, completely. Although we got, we got in trouble for disparaging Waterford before, so we have to be careful. Yeah, always. Um, okay, that's all the talking points. Yeah. Um, very quickly, folks, we, we are going to go to an interview uh, Paul picked up with uh, former Cavan Minor. And Rammer United player Ronan Patterson as he gets ready to start a journey over in the United States. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Okay, we think the sun is shining here in in Gavin the last few days, but I'm... Joined on the line here by Ronan Patterson. He's sitting out with the shades on him in the back garden here in, in Boston, and it looks like the sun is spitting the stones over there. Ronan, th- thanks for taking the time out. We're, we'll get into what you're doing in a minute, but uh, you're in a nice spot there. Yeah, no, it's it's gorgeous. I feel like since we've been over here, we've been living in, in a fairy tale with the with the stuff we've been getting and and the experience that we're having. Um, I'm just currently in Boston. Um, it's 32 degrees. Um, can't complain. I love the heat. So. Yeah, it's it's been quite nice. So for people that aren't up to speed with this story, it's one of the it's one of the best and probably most unique stories that has emerged in, in uh, sporting circles in the cabin in the last few years. Last week, Ronan, you were offered a scholarship with Monmouth University to go, which is a D one American football program, to go and play um to study there and to play American football there with the team. So it's unbelievable. Um, I it's just an incredible story. Like, uh, can you tell us how it came about? Yeah, so yeah, it's, it seems crazy. Every time I hear it back, it's like, whoa, it's actually happening. Still can't believe it. Yes, it's, it seems a bit nuts. But so, yeah, about four or five months ago, uh, I seen online um, a fella called Tyg Leader. And Tyg has played professional rugby with Connacht, um, um, moved to America, played with teams in America, um, actually played with the USA team as well. And at the end of his kind of rugby, he decided to transition to Amer- um, to American football. Um, he's seen that Australian uh, players have started doing it, so he said, "Why, why not? He'll give it a go." And just naturally, as most Gaelic footballers and rugby players are, they're naturally good at kicking. And so from that, he went on and played in the CFLs. So that's the Canadian uh, version of the NFL. Uh, he played uh, with a European uh, NFL league now that's really starting to take off. Um, 
and he then decided to come home and set up Leader Kicking. So what Leader Kicking is, is um, his company that he's trying to set up to make it easier and streamline Irish uh, players, either a rugby, Gaelic background or any background to, to give it a go with him and to, to see if you're any good at field goals or punting. And um, that's how it started. I, I contacted him. He was, I remember I texted him and he, and he just rang me straight away because I just told him my background. And he, he rang me and he was in the airport in Toronto and I was in Cold Cavan at that stage in the middle of January and he just kind of sold stole a dream to me like regarding what what this could be and sure I obviously thought like nothing was going to come about it at the very start um you'd be kind of silly if you thought at the very start you know or even explain it to my parents I was like they they still still probably don't even understand what's happening but um. So yeah, that was about four months ago. I drove that alone, met him, done a kicking session with him. And ever since that one session, I was like an eager beaver then contacting him and asking him, when can I go again? Um, knowing he explained to me about my one-year eligibility. So I was saying to you early on about the five-year eligibility. So I only have one-year um, eligibility because I done a four-year degree in TUD. Um, so I knew it's all or nothing. I need to get a scholarship for September to to play or I wouldn't be able to play D1 football Um, you could play D2 so it works differently with D2 what D2 is you can shop and start or you can start and stop your your eligibility so I still only have one year but it doesn't have to be this year I could have done it next year Um, so with D1 is you've once you start enrolling with college it's the five years and then with D2 then you can you can stop it and maybe like I do another year of training and then try to get in so yeah, it just worked out. I um, trained away with with Ty, um, maybe done like I done maybe two sessions myself a week, and then I, I would have done maybe one, uh, one every week with him, or maybe uh, one every fortnight with him. And um, yeah, he started sending clips on Twitter, and he had contacts, and um, yeah, just there, and all you all you're waiting for is just that response from someone somewhere online saying um asking about you or, or asking for more clips and that's how it came about so so had you had you ever kicked in american football before january before you got this idea in your head i no no i didn't even have it like i didn't even buy my first set of american football until about two months ago like i was just using tags the whole time okay <laughs> so so you mentioned um, you mentioned your background but, Obviously, people listening to this will know uh, your your um, qualities as a Gaelic footballer. But like, what level of rugby did you play? Yeah, so I played underage uh, Ulster rugby right up to under eighteen. And if probably people from Cavan are aware that I had to drop off the 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 rugby side of things just with my glandular fever. When I I, I know I, I mentioned I would need to talk and stuff like that there. Yeah. Um. So I loved rugby like and was really playing at a high level at rugby and wished to pretty much pursue rugby and I just never got the chance so naturally I had that ability of like I was kicking out of the hands and um, so it's a bit like that and then obviously I done the AFL trials back in the day it's exactly like the AFL ball pretty much um, the shape of it so that's why a lot of Australians come over and, and have the natural ability too so um, that's where the kind of rugby background came from and obviously Virginia rugby club as well we had a great underage team yeah and then, then obviously you were playing a high level of Gaelic, playing with with Cavan underage and playing with Rammer seniors and so on. So, uh, was it, like, are you, are you a fan of NFL? Was it something that you always sort of had in your head that Jesus, you know, maybe it wasn't even a dream, maybe it was beyond a dream. Like it, at the start when I when I heard about it, like I I obviously had an interest like I said a lot of us have an interest in in the NFL like but it's just it's so far away from our reality of living like in a small rural town in Cavan, like to to actually being like so close in contact with it now it's it's crazy um but yeah i know like i was a fan like but not not a crazy fanatic fan like i wouldn't have okay. stayed up and watched every game like I, I when it was the playoffs and stuff i i'd enjoy watching them but like never looking at the kicker once like you know what yeah. i mean yeah it's um you're always looking at the qb or I, like as we we try to connect Tom Brady with Cavan as much as we can, so um, yeah. And uh, yeah. like I've seen you playing Gaelic so much over the years, and I was I was always 
thought of you as a really athletic, strong player and very good in the air and all that. But I never thought your kicking was the best part of your game. Don't take offense at that. <laughs> now. So I was so like, <laughs> like, it's amazing that that you're going to play the position of punter, which is a k- kicker, right? Yeah, correct. So yeah, so I got. Uh, the role I've been offered is is for punting and um, specifically did one for, for rollouts and obviously spiral punts as well. So what you see in the NFL is a direct straight uh, spiral punt. So they catch the ball and they're kicking it straight with a spiral on it. Uh, with a lot of college teams now, they roll out and naturally that's how we'd kick a Gaelic ball. Is like go to the side and, and kick it off the side of your foot. Okay. So a lot of college teams have started doing that. Um uh, a lad last year uh, went to Rutgers College there in, in America and he just done rollouts um, averaged 42 yards just kicked it out every time and got one of the highest uh, ratings in America for just doing that so it's it's gotten hugely popular the rollouts okay um, so that's so essentially that's, where, that's, like, that's like a Gaelic style kick is it sort of correct yeah so it's literally uh, you're catching the ball uh, uh, and um you're rolling either to the right or left and then kicking it like some some players spiral it as well or you can literally just kick it like as you would a rugby ball maybe okay yeah yeah so so um you did that first session with Ty like did you immediately feel you had an aptitude for this um i i knew i knew i was good at punting pretty much straight away the field goals were terrible and that's what i wanted to say is like I can still in September or, or sorry August I can still go onto the team and and try beat the the field goal kicker as well like try to earn my place there too. Hmm. Uh, it's just naturally what they want at the moment is punting, but I can win that job too. Like uh, by going there and 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 proving myself. Um, I still think my punting is is the better side of it. Uh, my fellow like mate with leader kicking Ross, he's very good at field goals. Um, so yeah, I, I had a a general idea like tight. Ty kind of knows straight away. He's obviously not going to tell you like, oh, you're terrible at the start, but he, he'll know if you have a certain amount of talent that he yeah. thinks will get you there. Yeah. If you ask him five months ago if he thought I was going to get a scholarship, hell no, like not a chance. Um, He thinks like no way you'd, you'd get it that quick, but I'm a, a determined young fella and I wanted to get it. Once, once I heard that there was a chance, I wasn't going to say no. So um, that was that. So what happens then is he he literally he's videoing you kicking, showing your skills, saying that like the, it's basically a shop window of what this man can do, and then he he starts sending that to his contacts in the states and drumming up interest. Yeah, exactly. So he he has a bit of a following online now, and he's got like it's going to be much more accessible for younger lads to do it now because he's gathering a following. People are saying, look, these Irish lads can kick, and so it's going to really open a pathway for people now. Um, we're going to be probably more. We're going to get as much stick as the AFL gets now over lads going over because it's <laughs> it's just such a big pathway uh, for people to get over it and do it. So yeah, he posted up online, and then like if he thinks you're good enough to start contacting schools, he'll he'll kind of give you that go ahead. He has emailed or you can contact coaches yourself. Um, I just started emailing colleges my clips like, and uh, luckily Monmouth got back and and we went from there. So they they liked what they saw. So you were telling me that at the moment you're you're sort of traveling from the east coast to the west, and you're 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 calling at different colleges who have shown an interest in you. So exactly, yeah. Have you is it is it set in concrete now that you're going to Monmouth, or is there other possibilities still on the table? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty determined. I'm going to be going there. Um, okay. It's obviously I haven't signed a contract fully yet. Like I've just been offered, it, like. They give you a bit of time to think about it. It's it's the norm over here. Like, um, you're just kind of waiting, waiting to see. But I'm still waiting on my college results, for example. So yes, okay. I need to go through the admissions process and stuff. Um, but I'm like 95 percent sure I'll be pulling on a mom jersey in September. Brilliant. So so how will that work then? You'll you'll be studying in the college. You're going to do a master's, uh, but you'll also be be part of that. That roster, yeah. Is, yeah. So in August, uh, in August, it's just all football. Like we aren't allowed to even look at a book. It's just crazy training camp. And then September would be the first game. Uh, regarding college, then yeah, it's just the same as doing a masters at home. Like, um, I'd be going to classes. Um, have to, because uh, I'm on scholarship, I'll have to reach in a certain amount of hours in the library, stuff like that. There, 
Um, it's fairly like the norm. Um, but I know, I know, saying the norm, like it's not, it's, it's not normal at home to be getting scholarships. Like you need to be, like elite or playing for Ireland nearly to be getting a scholarship in a college at home. So yeah, um, yeah, but it's the exact same. Like you should see, um, the college. It's so hard to explain. It was, it, it was unreal. It is a setup like, like I went to TUD, Bolton Street. Like the the difference, the setup, like is is un is unbelievable. Like it's so hard to explain. And the, like the stadium that we're like the stadium that we'd be playing in, like it's, it's just crazy. It's a, it's it's unreal. Yeah, it's it's in New Jersey, is it? That's correct. Yeah, so it's West Long Branch in New Jersey is where it is. Um, so it's like a forty minute train ride from New York and about an hour and a half actually just drive to Philly as well. Um, okay. I played ball in Philly last summer, so um, I have a good good kind of bunch of friends there. So it's nice to be close to them. So suppose uh, I, one question I had to ask you was like growing up, obviously excelling in rugby and then excelling in Gaelic. And I looked at that Cavan minor team that you played on, played against David Clifford and lads like that. And the likes of James Smith, Keen Madden, Paddy Lynch, uh, Ushin Pearson going on and, and uh, playing with the Cavan senior team. So you had all these sporting sort of avenues available to you in rugby and Gaelic. And now just it's the American football one that comes along that that's going to be the one that might bring you to this sort of high plateau. So it's an amazing story, really, from that point of view. It, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. It just shows that you just never know what you could be doing in life, like, and and you're gonna have ups and downs. Like, I've had many many downs, like, and it's great to see that, like, if you just put your head down and like, I didn't think I'd ever finish college. Now I'm going to do a masters, like. So it's it's great that if you just like kind of put the head down and you know like put that bit of effort into yourself and show that you can do it then to go off and actually do it. I know like geez, six months ago, it would have been like, I wouldn't even have thought of it. I always wanted to come back out to America. Um, so that's why I was so interested in what I had to, to offer at the start. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's been nice that I'm actually able to continue because I love sports. Um, it's, it's just great that I'm able to just keep going and doing something. Well, I love and that's training and, Having having fun and competing, I suppose. And um, you you told me that you're going to be home in mid July, and then I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be home I'm going to be home on Sunday, and then I'm going back out. I'm going back out mid July. Mid July, okay. So then you're going to yeah. get ready for that training camp, and you're going to have right. to... no. We're we'll, we'll training and we'll still be on, but it's August is just like all football. Like yeah, yeah, sleep, eat, and breathe football. Um, for that month, so that'll be exciting. Like, and it's going um, to be that'll be a pressurized environment as well, Ronan, will it? Because you're going to have to really put your best foot forward and, and show these boys <laughs> that, that you're here to play. Correct. Uh, when it gets to a level after, uh, after college, for example, so not just the NFL. There's so many different leagues. There's XFL out here. There's USFL. There's the CFL in Canada. There's the European League. If you go to them, Tig was telling us like. You're 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 competing for your job every day. If you don't kick well, you could wake up the next day with no job. Like, yeah, it's 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 a crazy. It's not as bad as that in 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 a, in the colleges, but it's like you like I I like I'm gonna be out there. I want to be performing. Like I want to be able to give myself my best chance of doing something after this year. Um. So yeah, it will be pressurized. Um. Look, that's the fun in it too, isn't it? Like you're going out and. That's the the buzz that I'm sure Gaelic footballers and other players get when they go out in the field. Is you want to put your best um, foot out. So, yeah. So um, at this moment in time, you're sitting in Boston. Where's your Where's your next stop? You were telling me you had to collect a, a young lad, Dublin minor player <laughs> that's going out to follow yeah. the same path as you. Yeah. Um. So the lads are flying in. So uh, the lads went to Idaho, and uh, they were in. Um, UC Davis as well which is in um, California and they're back this evening so I'll be going back up to collect them um, at the airport this evening we're all uh, competing against each other in a kicking camp tomorrow in University of Massachusetts uh, we weren't gonna like for example me and Ross don't need to but we just said that it'd be great just us three going out and showing what the Irish can do at the camp so uh, we've all registered for that camp tomorrow so I'm actually really looking forward to that gonna bring Noah out for a wee swim I think at the beach um I think it's his first time in Boston. I spent it somewhere out here before, so it's a nice city. Um, so I'm going to bring him out and get him to relax his legs because he won a Leinster title yesterday. So I'm sure he's <laughs> has heavy legs. Brilliant, brilliant. So uh, and after that, then you, 
um, you're you're continuing yeah. on west. Yeah, no. So the lads are currently west at the moment. I'm. So we're back in East now. We're back in Boston. Um. So we're going to be in Boston the next two days. We're going to see Boston College on. Uh, Saturday morning, and then Saturday evening we'll be getting a flight home and back back in Ireland. Then Sunday morning. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been out, I've been out here um about eight or nine days now. So we've been yeah we've been around like been traveling, but like it's been great fun. Um, tomorrow we have a big, uh, conference in the morning. Um, with like Delta and Irish American Partnership to try sponsor like our pathway over here to make it more accessible for everyone to be able to get a chance to get over here. Um, so that's what we have tomorrow. Um, so I'm actually really looking forward to that as well. It'd be good to to see what. Uh, we can do to help them and what they can do to help us. And have any Irish players followed this particular path before, like Gaelic players or rugby lads? So there is none that's like gone through the way that we're doing it. Um, there's like Irish American kind of born and stuff like like that that lived maybe lived in Ireland when they were two and then moved over. So there's yeah. none that's really gone in like this here. There's Shanahan from Kerry. Um, he, I think he plays for a college out here. Um, he went through Australia uh, kicking camp. Um, actually, Declan Bonner's young lads, um, you know, Donny Gallman, his young yeah. lads are currently in Australia trying to 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 get over here as well. There's a kicking camp. There's a we're trying to make it more accessible in Ireland that you don't have to go and spend all that money and then not getting a chance. Mm. Okay, so you're you're blazing the trail as well. So a little bit more fashion there for you. <laughs> Yeah, that's no, cool. Uh, like Tyke's slogan is pioneering new frontiers. Like that's what leader kicking is. That's what he's trying to do. And like, I think we as sports heads underestimate the academic side of it too. Like I'm getting access to a master's program in in America, like which will, will work for me huge. Like whenever, whenever sports stops. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's, 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 um, yeah, it's unreal. Like it's, incredible i can't wait just like you know like i'm actually buzzing now i can't wait to go home actually and keep training and then get myself ready for for mid-july congratulations to ronan very very best of luck that that sounds such a, an exciting prospect um also coming up uh, is it this coming weekend or the following weekend it's uh, june 17th i think june 17th mm-hmm. it's the camino um and last week i caught up with the organizer of the of the Camino and uh, she's also the health and well-being um, club officer in Kilachandra Lagos. Um, a wonderful woman and a, and a great bit of crack as well. Um, here's Eileen Gormley. So delighted to be joined by Eileen Gormley here ahead of the Kilachandra Camino. Um, thanks for, for taking the time to fill us in on this wonderful idea, wonderful um, initiative by the Kilachandra community and, and the, uh, I suppose, the Lagers Club. In the Lagers, yes. Most importantly. Um, when I think of Camino, I think of Spain and Portugal. Um, but why why, and how did this come about? Well, I suppose there's two, two sections to it, uh, Damien, if you don't mind me just giving a quick rundown. Yep. First of all, here in Kilachandra, we had a Camino last year, which was a brilliant success. So looking at the walk and all the rest of it, we decided, would it, could we use this resource of the Kilachandra Camino on the 17th of June? Because Kilachandra Camino have that organised. They have the permits, the insurance, the food, the professional jobs, all set up. So that resource is kind of their complements of Kilachandra Camino. So the idea was maybe to invite uh, the clubs, the 40 clubs in County Cavan to participate. This is with the Healthy Club hat on. And the idea was maybe that every club would send four walkers and every club would fundraise €125 per walker, which would be 500 minimum. Now, as for Spain and Portugal and all of that sort of... uh, some of our committee on the Kilishandra Camino walked various Caminos in Spain, Portugal, here at home, and always remarked that Cabin had as had as good to offer, as much to offer, and Kilishandra had more. <laughs> so the reason we decided to work with Cabin County Council 
and try and map a 35.5k walk to make Kilishandra a destination of choice for walkers. Yeah, and, and I, I, again, I, I, as I say, I know the phrase and I know what a Camino is in general. It's, it's a long, long walk. Um, but how long is the walk exactly? 35.5k, okay. which is 35.5 kilometres. But being honest with you, a Camino is roughly translates to the way. And whether you walk 0.5 or 35.5 or do it twice, it's all between you and the sole of your foot. There's nobody going to be out checking on you or measuring you or doing anything. It's just a day walking in this beautiful countryside. And with the weather we're, we're currently having, it it's uh, it, it it couldn't be. Kilishandra's even more beautiful. <laughs> it's even more beautiful. I'm looking at the map that you sent me on, um, of the of the the track that you followed the whole way through. You know, it's only when you see a little map like that that you realise the amount of lakes, particularly around Kilishandra. You're within the first five kilometres. I I think you've touched in on five six different lakes on it. Yeah, and that's probably just the lakes. You know, little smaller lakes may not even show up on that map. Wow, it's it it is as you said, spectacular scenery between lakes, rolling hills. You get into Killikeen Forest Park at a part in in the in the Camino, do you? Oh, you do. Yes, yeah. This year, will uh, the final section will be through Killikeen as you come back into Kilishandra from Killikeen. It's probably okay. a gentler part of the walk. Okay, okay. Like you are in you are in Drumlin country, and there are a few little hills along the road and little turns. But every time, every turn you take, there's a different vista in front of you here. It's, it is it is really beautiful. Okay, um, talk to me then around. So I'm presuming if you're going to walk that that amount of time, firstly. That sounds like a, if even for someone like me, that sounds like quite a distance to to walk. So as you said, you don't necessarily have to do the entire thing if the club wants to come together, and split up the the distance over four different people. That's fine as well. It's absolutely fine. I'll be honest with you, but there are two parts to that as well. People individually book to walk the Camino and register and sign off and accept the waiver and pay 40 euro. And for that, they get the insurance, they get the passport, they get a map with information on it and a phone number, which they can ring when they decide to opt out, if they decide to opt out. The only thing we ask people is to stay on the route and not to turn back. Make a call. There'll be car cars available. Uh, tire Care in Kilishandra and Brady Denarva have courtesy cars. They'll go out and pick up pick you up and take you back into Kilishandra. So the distance you walk is, is your own business. Okay, okay. Some people take on a challenge and they want to do 35.5. Some people come and they say, look, my max is 15 or 20. But the thing is, we say stay on the route and only do what you can do. It's not meant to be, it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be a day out in the country, even though what we're collecting for is serious business. This day is a day of fun. Yeah. Yeah, so if if you're going to start that distance, I'd imagine walking it, it, it it's quite a chunk of your day. So what what are the starting times, or how are you going to break that up? Uh, we have five slots. You can opt to walk at seven, seven thirty, eight, eight thirty, or nine a.m. Okay. And you come, you register online, and you come into Kilishandra Community Centre on the morning at your time slot. Your ticket is scanned. We want to know who's out and about. So that we make sure everyone gets home safe, and then you set off and you do what you can do. Very good, very good. Tell me then, how do how do people book or how do they, they register to do it? They register on the kilishandracamino.ie. That is for the individual to book, and they are the people that will will do the walk. Okay. And there's some very nice prizes there for people. And that will be for them. It won't be for the club. If you if you have booked and you happen to win a prize, it's you that gets it, not the club. And then to donate, for the clubs to get their members to donate, they can go into I Donate. Every club should have a link to that today. Okay. So the, the link 
for the donation part of it has been sent out through the GA? Yes, it has. Both links actually have been sent out today to every club. Okay. Okay. It it's 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 a hell of a good idea. Tell me there you you've picked three charities, um your committee has picked three charities to benefit from this. Can you tell me who they yes. are? So sad in Cavan, Coon in Cavan and Motor Neuron Disease. Okay. And there were equal splits between those three. Brilliant. So essentially I'm I'm doing a quick calculation. If all goes well and and you get the money that you are hoping to get, you're talking something in around twenty thousand, would that be right? Oh, that would be absolutely brilliant if we got anything like that. It's, <laughs> we'd be, we we would be charmed. It's it, it's it's a brilliant idea. It's for three absolutely fabulous causes, but even on top of that, it's it's a win win situation because the the opportunity to get out and walk safely uh, through the lovely lakes of Kilachandra and and all the surrounds, you know, I think yes. it's, it's such a it's such a novel idea. It's an absolutely brilliant idea. So, um, look, fair play to you, um, and the very very best. Look, and, and thank you very much, and thanks for for taking for you know taking the time to record this. And as we say, Kilachandra have been absolutely brilliant. It takes a village to do anything like this. Every community, voluntary community, and people in Kilachandra came on board. And she's absolutely fabulous. Yeah, a great initiative there by by all around the, the town of Kilachandra, and uh, something I'm sure everybody will be looking forward to. So clubs getting onto that um, should be a great great day's crack and um, a really worthy fundraising event. Um, hopefully the clubs will, will get involved from around the county on that one. So, Paul, that's all we've time for. That's it, David. Any plans for the weekend? I, I'm going to Hamble Crow Park tomorrow. Um, there's all Ireland senior single semi-finals and then Sunday we've got Ulster Ramble finals in Virginia so we'll probably have the ref one or two of them lovely so, yeah that's both mornings to tied up handball handball all weekend it's just perfect I'm sure <laughs> folks thanks a million for listening to the McAvoy's Super Value GA podcast don't forget to check out the Die Hard service over on patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin and we'll be looking ahead to all of the following weekend's action on next week's show <laughs>